Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So thankful that you're joining us today. This is a ministry of Hickory Ridge Community Church. So if you don't have a place to worship, why don't you come worship with us this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045. We are located down in Chesapeake, Virginia, down in the Hickory section. I always tell people, we're the last church you go by before you come into North Carolina. As a matter of fact, our church is where Virginia and North Carolina meet God. Love to have you come worship with us this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045. Well, today I want to talk to you on the subject of husbands and wives' duties. I think this can be a game changer for you. I honestly do. And uh, I know that what I'm going to be talking about today in some circles uh, would be a little bit controversial, but if you believe the Bible and uh, you understand God's Word as the final authority in our lives, that's where I'm going to take what I'm teaching today from. This is not my opinion. This is God's Word. And I'm going to take you to a passage in 1 Peter. Uh, we're going to look at several passages, but our primary passage today will be 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. Peter says, Now wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Now I know a lot of you may be switching the dial right now. He's talking about wives submitting yourselves to your husbands. And I'm not, I don't want to hear this, okay? But uh, I'm going to challenge you. Hear me out on this one, okay? Because submission is something that is a key to unity and harmony in human relationships. So don't change that dial just yet, okay? Hear me out. Peter says, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, that they may be won over without words by the human behavior of their wives. When they see that purity and that reverence in your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as the elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be the inner self, that unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way that holy women in the past who put their faith and hope in God used to adore themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate to your wife as you live with her. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you into the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another and be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to do this, you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, I read 1 Peter 3, 1 through 9. I also want to add to that 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 3. But there's one thing I want you to know, Paul says. The head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is man. The head of Christ is God. Now, this is a tough subject, right? Submission. Here's a couple of thoughts on submission. Submission is the key to unity and harmony in human relationships. Uh, My son just finished up going through basic training with the United States Coast Guard. And I asked him how it went. I spent a lot of time with him. He's got a few days leave before he has to report back to duty. And he said, well, the hardest thing was not the physical part of it, but the hardest thing was the emotional part of it. 
uh, learning to follow through every little order and following through with detail. And he says, even as they were training us, they would do things to kind of mess with our minds. They would charge us with something. He said, you did something in your mind, you know you didn't do it. And they were trying to get a, a reaction from you to see how you would respond. When it comes to this matter of unity and harmony in human relationships, in the Godhead, in the church, in marriage, and in any relationship, submission is the basis for unity. Now, the Greek word that is used there is a word that means to be placed for submission is to be placed under or to rank under or to be subject to or to obey. And as we look at this, the word is hypotasso. The phonetic spelling for that, hypotasso, is how some would pronounce it. Uh, the short definition is that I'm to be placed under something. And as a definition is, as I will place myself under somebody else, I will make myself subjected to somebody else. I submit or I put myself into subjection. Now, before we go too far talking about what this is, in Philippians chapter 2, we have an example of Christ actually doing this. Paul says, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1, If therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And then he says, do nothing out of selfish or empty conceit, but in humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, Paul is setting this up to give us the example of Christ. Before he gets to the example of Christ, he reminds us that selfishness and empty conceit must be eradicated, and we must live in humility, and we must regard others as more important than ourselves. I think we do just the opposite. I think the reason we struggle so much with submission is because we think that we're notch above the person that is asking us to submit to them. Paul says, don't just look out after your own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, we get this completely when it comes to military, right? We understand rank and order. We understand that a private is of not less value than the general, right? But he's in a different position. It doesn't even mean that he's less intelligent, but he's in a different position. And we do this for order, right? We can't have everybody being in charge. And so we understand this when it comes to matters of military. And if we're truthful, we kind of understand it when it comes to human relationships. I mean, that's why we have leaders. That's why we have a president. That's why we have mayors. Uh, that's why we have people over us, because not everybody can be making all decisions. I mean, that would be total disaster. So submission is the key to unity and harmony in human relationships. Second, Satan's fall and his ongoing rebellion is a manifestation of his refusal to submit to God. He likewise tempts men to follow in his footsteps. That same spirit of rebellion is evident in Satan's spokesmen, the false prophets, even to this day. As a matter of fact, here's a passage of scripture that talks about that. Second Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse number 9, and he says, And to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the flesh and its corrupt desires and despise authority. 
Uh, So Peter is talking about judgment that is falling, especially more severe of a punishment on those who have corrupt desires who despise authority. He says they're daring, they're self-willed, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties, whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a, a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. You see here, Satan has abused his power, abused his position, acting independently of God. When Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he sought to get them to act independently of God, seeking what appeared to be their own self-interest and to be disobedient to God's command. Into temptation, when Jesus was tempted, Satan once again sought to induce our Lord to act independently of his Father, seeking his own interest instead. So when we think about submission, here we see that it's an ongoing problem with rebellion. Satan is the author of rebellion. So we've learned so far that submission is the key to unity and harmony in human relationships. We've learned that Satan's fall and his ongoing rebellion is a manifestation of his refusal to submit to God. Number three, submission is at the core of man's relationship with God. In the Garden of Eden, man was to submit to God, trusting in his word and keeping his commandment. Now, God made it as easy as he possibly could. Adam and Eve's sin was revolting against God. It was that refusal to submit to him. Now, Jesus represented the sins of Israel's religious leaders as the sin of non-submission or insubmission. They were constantly challenging Jesus, trying to prove their authority was greater than his. They refused to submit to him. They actually mocked his authority. At the foot of the cross, you remember? They mocked the fact that Jesus claimed to be God. Submission and sin are almost antithetical. Each is almost the exact opposite of the other. Now, salvation is the solution to man's sin. When we were born again by faith in Christ, it was submission to God, to the authority of his word, to the authority of Christ, and that's what brought about submission, our salvation. We submitted to Christ. Now, man's refusal to submit to God brought about the fall of man. So man's submission to God brings about salvation. Now, submission is also the heart of discipleship. Jesus called men not only to believe in him, but to follow him. A disciple is a learner and a follower. He's literally a student who has submitted himself to the teachers. In biblical times, a teacher would take a class of students and they would submit to him as a teacher. Submission was more than just learning the facts. You would actually follow your teacher. You would go where your teacher went. So submission is therefore one of the prominent themes of the epistles. Whether it's a technical term for submission or whether it's not, worldly submission versus biblical submission is why there's so much conflict, right? Let's dive into a little deeper on this. Worldly submission is limited as men can make it. Biblical submission is as broad as mankind. You know, the natural tendency of man is to measure worth by status, right? Our status is determined by the ratio of those who are under us or who are over, right? Uh, The goal is therefore to reduce those in authority above you and to increase the number of people under you. When we see this in the disciples as, as they're jockeying, right, for position, 
And they're actually asking Christ just before he's being ready to be offered up to be crucified. They're asking, well, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? You know, isn't it amazing how they're doing this? And let's pick up that story, Mark chapter 9. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What are you you discussing this way? Why are you having this discussion, Jesus has said. And they kept silent. For on the way they had discussed one another, which of them was the greatest. So Jesus says, you know, why are you guys going back and forth? What are you having this discussion? And then all of a sudden they got quiet. And so they sit down and he called the 12 of them and said this. If anyone wants to be first, he'll be last of all and servant of all. And then he takes a child and he sets them before them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me, but him who sent me. And on calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them, but it's not that way among you. Whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you should be slave of all. For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus flips this thing upside down. He says, if you want to be great, you become servant of all. If you want to be over a lot of people, you put yourself as a servant of people. Now, this seems totally backwards to us, doesn't it? Jesus himself said, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you got to be servant of all. There's something else that we must contrast when it comes to worldly submission versus biblical submission. Worldly submission is compulsory. You know, we're forced to be in submission. Yeah, I think about uh, uh, the recent struggles we've had with the coronavirus, right? Uh, we were forced to do certain things. Uh, and, and the only way that they could make us do it is, you know, you must have this mask. You must do this. You must do that. Uh, We were forced to be submissive. When you think about biblical submission, it's not a forced thing. It's from the heart. It's voluntary. You know, why do people have radar detectors on their cars? Uh, They are not truly submissive to the speed limits or the laws of the highway. And so the police's job is to enforce that. So they force us to submit, right? And, uh, And they're constantly watching us uh, they're forcing us to, to submit. Now, Christian submission, on the other hand, comes from the heart. Whether a policeman is around or not, whether we're supervised or not, our obedience should be from the heart, seeking to please him who has saved us and knowing that he will indeed reward us. Well, here's another contrast. Now, worldly submission is motivated by self-interest, right? Biblical submission, however, is motivated by faith, hope, and love resulting in self-sacrifice. Uh, let's go back to the book of Hebrews, the, the book that was written to the Jewish believers. And Hebrews talks about obeying, right? And the world submits to speed laws because they don't want to pay the fine. Man will keep other laws because they don't want to go to jail. And, and still others will submit. And it's a practical assurance that they feel like it's best for everybody. Now, secular submission seeks to avoid pain and suffering. Christian submission is a willingness to endure suffering, motivated not so much by my present beliefs, but the rewards that will come to me in the future. And that's what Hebrews 11 is all about. It's that great faith chapter where people were putting their hope and confidence in Christ because of a future benefit. 
They were willing to suffer great persecution, for example, because they knew what was going to happen in the future. God was going to be giving them the protection they needed, and even if they were not protected, they were going to submit in faith, trusting God and His Word. Well, there's another contrast that we have between worldly submission and biblical submission. Worldly submission is given to those in authority who expect it and sometimes demand it, that we act in a way that benefits them. Now, biblical submission is given to him who gave up his rights and privileges, I'm talking about Christ, in order to bring about blessings to us. In Ephesians 5, it says, talks about the, the major texts that deal with, with submission. It gives Christ as the model. As Christ surrenders, submits to his Father in heaven, so the husband and the wife have that same surrender relationship. In Ephesians 5, it says that the husband and wife relationship is patterned after the relationship of Christ and the church. And in Philippians chapter 2, it talks about submission that we're to have one to another to imitate Christ's submission. Now, Peter also makes this same argument as he talks about Christ being the model for those to submit themselves to, even in times of suffering. So worldly submission is given to those in authority, and they expect us to obey. But biblical submission is when we give up our rights to submit to something else. Number five, worldly submission is mainly a matter of authority. Biblical submission is more a matter of priority, putting the interests of others ahead of ourselves. Secular submission or worldly submission is granted, albeit uh, reluctantly, only to those who have authority over us. Biblical submission is granted to our peers and to those who are under our authority because submission is not simply a matter of authority, but priority. That's why we are respectful to the president, even if we don't agree with him. We're respectful to the police officer, even if we don't agree with him. We're respectful to our parents, even if we don't agree with them. We honor those in authority over us, not because of our primarily understanding of authority, but the priority that they have in our lives. It is not just a question of who has the power over us, but who has the priority over us. It is a question not of our own interest, but the interest of others. Biblical submission requires that we place the interest of others above our own interest, that we serve others sacrificially. Romans chapter 15 says this, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, not just to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to his edification. So pressing further, biblical submission gives others priority by seeking to enhance their glory rather than our own. Submission enables us to give up our drivenness, to give up that desire to be number one, to have that preeminence. You know, this preeminence can be like a matter of status or of power or of position. We give up that desire to be number one for the purpose of bringing glory to somebody else. Peter says, you know, for a woman... Her clothing, her adornment, and even her demeanor can cause her husband to be center stage with the attention of others. 
This is why both Peter and Paul, addressing a woman's appearance and their apparel, as well as taking on the roles of authority, when a woman uses that which is to bring glory to her husband in such a way as to bring glory to herself, she is spurning the principles of submission. In other words, if we understand this rightly, if we live this out rightly, a woman will submit to her husband, not because he is smarter or stronger or better, but by doing so, she is actually bringing glory to herself as she brings glory to her husband. Now, there's something else that we got to do in a contrast when we're talking about worldly submission and biblical submission. And I know that if you're not following along with this, this may sound kind of confusing, but worldly submission seeks to minimize dependence upon others and to maximize our own independence. Biblical submission recognizes our dependence on others and surrenders our independence. Now, Satan, when he fell and he caused a third of the angels to fall, he became trapped in a rebellious spirit. So in Genesis chapter 3, Satan actually acts independently of God when he urged Adam and Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit. He is also acting independently of the Lord himself when he was tempting Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. When we think about biblical submission, it emphasizes our interdependence upon one another. Submission makes us a servant to others. Thus, submission is the surrendering of our independence to serve others. You know, maybe the best way to kind of get your head around this is spelling out the word joy. Jesus, others, yourself. If you really want to have joy, and this is only for Christians, right? If Christ is living within you, you are no longer putting yourself first. You're putting Jesus first. You're no longer even putting yourself second. You're putting others second. And then you put yourself last. That's how you spell joy. That's how you have joy. You don't live independent of others. You're not even codependent of others. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that you realize that in order to get along well with humanity, especially your brothers and sisters of Christ, you put their needs above yourself. And by looking out for the needs of others, your needs are taken care of. Now, I know this sounds crazy, right? Because we are raised to think, if it's to be, it's going to be because of me. I got to lift myself up by my own bootstraps. Now, I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm talking about Jesus first, others second, and then yourself last. Realizing that God has placed you strategically where you are so that you can bless others as you worship Christ and as you care for others. Well, there's something else I can look at when we talk about worldly submission. Worldly submission is very legalistic. I think about going back to the mask, right? Uh, where we were forced to wear a mask. How many people would wear that mask down around their mouth, right? And how many people would, would have it kind of loosely fitting around them? And what were they doing? They were legalistically complying, right? Worldly submission is legalistic. It's an outward compliance with the letter of the law when observed. Oh, I got my mask on. Uh, I don't have it up on over my nose, but I got, I've got my mask on, right? Biblical submission is inward agreement with the spirit of the law. Because secular submission, it's not voluntary. It's not a matter of the heart. It's forced upon us. It results in only a legalistic kind of obedience. We follow the letter of the law. 
Biblical submission goes much further as it seeks to fulfill the spirit of the matter. And maybe to illustrate, let's assume that one of my children is not being submissive. That child asks if she can go next door to play with Sarah, and I say, well, no. I later find that my child is next door. And when I begin to punish her for her disobedience, she insists that she didn't go next door to play with Sarah. She went next door to play with Stephanie, Sarah's sister. The letter of the law may not have been violated since I did not specifically forbid her going next door to play with Stephanie. But in my child, they really being not submissive. I would only have to express to her I did not want her going out today. And she would apply that general principle to every specific question based on what she knew. I wanted rather upon that exact words that I choose. When we think about submission, it is a willingness. It is a surrender of our will. Oh yeah, sometimes it's forced upon us. But as we look at biblical submission, we willingly submit to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for what He has done for us. Well, we'll continue the subject tomorrow, and we're going to bring it into the realms of marriage and good relationships. So thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. I'll talk with you tomorrow. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.